this is Skylar Bats with Between the Notes. We're so happy to have you here and we hope that you enjoy our podcast. We just want to thank the parlor for hosting us and helping us out with all of our fun new activities. Stay tuned and listen to Jack Downey with the interviewer Hakeem. Thanks, Motif, and thanks, Skylar, for connecting us, making this all happen. 
So uh, thank you to everybody. Thank you to Tech Man in the back making all this happen. I appreciate you as well. Definitely. So um, without further ado, let's definitely get into this. So um, Jack Downey, so nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you too. I did a little bit of research on some of your music before we got here. So of everything that you performed, I think the, the two that stood out the most was Summer of Love and Golden. I really like the just the scale of it, the sound. Everything really flowed well with the type of stuff that I listened to. So um, definitely kudos to you. The performance before was great as well. Um, how'd you feel with everything? Well, with like the performance or uh... yeah, just like getting up here doing your thing. I know you said you haven't been on a stage in a little while, so yeah, how's it feel to be back. It's it's it feels good. I mean, you know, um, obviously it was a little rough around the edges, but you know. Um, I think it was it was still fun to do that, right. you know, in in this kind of a space. Again, yeah. I haven't done that in a while. There were some, like backyard shows where I'm from. Uh, some from Massachusetts. There were some backyard yeah. shows during the summer, but those were outside in people's yards, if anything. Right. So those weren't the same. Uh, and like I like I said to you guys before this started, I mm -hmm. I really haven't been in a venue I think since March because the last pre-lockdown gig I played was at a record store in Vermont. Yep. Uh, so that's like the last time I've ever been in a venue because then everything you know shut down. So it felt good. It, it's it's nice to be doing this again, and I hope yeah. I get to keep doing it as the year progresses. Yeah, no, absolutely. Everything sounded great. Um, I know you had the the mishap with the beat machine and all that, but <laughs> honestly, you can buy a million and two of those beat machines. The the talent that you showed on the guitar that's that's one in many. So kudos to you for that. You definitely did your thing. Thank you. And um, the the style of music is really interesting. So I'm pretty versatile when it comes to what I listen to. I'm that guy that if I'm driving and we're listening to music, I'm going to take you on a journey through, you know, old rock, new school rap, metal, everything. I just, I don't know what it is. I just, I kind of go for certain scales, certain sounds. I just like the way certain things sound. I'm not really glued to one genre. So I definitely, I like what you, what you're working with, the beat, the tempo you work with. It almost gives me like a Beach Boys kind of vibe. Just kind of puts me in a good mood and to listen to so definitely um kudos on that the ep sounded great as well Thank how you. many tracks are on it in total uh on the digital version there's seven and on the tape version there's eight. Oh, okay that's on your own and that's actually really really neat to see just because you don't have to rely on anybody to get your content out you can kind of do your own thing and be creative and and like you said you can take your stuff on the road with you right. which is really neat so it's uh really cool to see you kind of able to to work with all that and and to put together a whole composition on your own because I, I thought you had like a whole you know team or whatever or you were doing it from a computer or whatever it may be but to see you do it live is actually really cool so kudos to you again for that as well that was really cool to see you work the beat machine and kind of loop your own guitar into it I really like that a lot so definitely good stuff um so I guess like the grand scheme of things as an artist what's what's your goal essentially as an artist are you trying to perform at a certain venue or are you looking to kind of get a job with music like what, what do you think you at, at what point in your music career will you think you've made it you're happy with what you're doing with it and this is kind of what you want to do so that's a good question um what i want most is to be able to perform uh and make enough money doing that work right. i can call it a living like i don't maybe i'm not gonna be like youtube big or anything like that but i want to I want to be able to sustain myself while doing this so I'm not constantly losing money. You know, I just, I want people to listen to my music. Like, people have actually been buying the tapes. I, I just recently did, like, an Instagram ad campaign, and it actually, like, someone bought a tape from that. Oh, wow. It's pretty crazy to see. And, because this is the first time I've ever put one of my, one of Wave Goodbye's yep. EPs on tape. Uh, so it's pretty cool the reception that it's gotten. But 
I'd say there's a lot of different aspects of music that interest me. I like to play it, obviously. I like to write about it. Mm -hmm. I write. I have like a music column for that school paper. Okay, nice. Uh, I go to shows. I take photos. I I, I set up concerts. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different avenues in music that I really enjoy. Uh, I'm majoring in music tech and production too, so I'm trying to learn oh, more nice. about like mixing and mastering because that just that's always costed me a lot of money. Right. So I'm trying to. At the very least, not like I can do everything myself, so I don't have to pay anyone to do that. And yeah. then, you know, hopefully people start turning to me for help, and that makes me some money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's honestly it's great to be able to mix music and see it come together from your own hand. Yeah, you're the one with all the ideas. You know, you were saying you're a producer, so and yeah. you know, you know what it's like. You know, to to have an idea and you know you you mess with the dials and all that, and it comes to life. It's such a satisfying feeling that I really eluded me until recently. I kind of I took a class last year and it helped a lot, and so I I used that knowledge to mix this EP. And so if I I, I kind of I kind of gone on a tangent, but um, I I just want to do something career-wise in music. Yeah, you, you and love music. If, you just you want to yeah. yeah I just wanna I wanted to be involved in, it. and even if it's not my main career, I I'll, I always will intend to be involved in some way or another. So that's always the great mm -hmm. part about music. But if I could do it for a career, I think that'd be. My, yeah, my, my hope. Well, see what what you have that works for you well, because I, I I sit and talk with a lot of artists, and a lot of them make good music, but the content of the music just doesn't suit every environment that they're in, and there's there's a there's many different lanes of of income for an artist, meaning you can be on the radio and make money, or you can you can be like an artist that goes to different schools and things like that and make money, or you can make small like commercials for you know, startup companies, things like that. There's many, many, many different avenues. So you definitely gotta be creative on that level and, and really think, you know, who, what what audience you're, I guess, you're looking to, who you're trying to speak to when you make your music. So is that something you've thought about already? Like who who exactly you're making music for? I think Other than yourself, of course. Well, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, Wave Goodbye is a largely like kind of an emotional release or that, at least that's how it started. Mm -hmm. So that was like, I, I, I could never, like that's why it's a solo thing. It's just cause it, you know, I can just, I, when I feel that I need to make something, I can just make something right. that's great about that project. But I think it depends on the band, because I'm, I'm part of a couple bands, like, around mm -hmm. either Massachusetts or Rhode Island. Yep. And the the three bands that I lead, including this one, are, there's, I have a band back home called Friday Life, and then I have a band with my brother called Sun Mask. So it's just the two of us. And Friday Life is a more conventional band. It's like, you know, indie rock, like, yeah. indie pop type stuff. Okay. And, so that's kind of like, that could, I feel like, appeal to a lot of different people. Yeah. It appeals to, like, adults, because it sounds like the 80s. Yeah, It appeals definitely. to people in my age group, because it, it's, you know, it's a cool sound that not a lot of people in the scene do. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's cool about that. And I'd say with something like Sun Mask, which is just really loud, and it's, it's very shoegazy. Yeah. I feel like it's only going to hit a niche crowd, but it's kind of just... It's so much fun to make that I think it's gonna find its audience exactly. at some point. Exactly. Like the I we've only released two demos for that project and the reception has been really warm, like surprisingly so. And we've only played like three shows, you know, because mm -hmm. we started in May because that was the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. So we haven't really had a chance to spread our wings yet, but right. it's I'm excited for that because it just has found a genre. So or audience, I should say. But that's why I have multiple bands just so I can reach right. different, different sounds, people. different things like that. Yeah. Exactly. Now. Yeah. So now you mentioned before that you you've been practicing mixing and mastering things like that. Do you have your own studio or like like where where are you recording most of the music that you're putting out? So most of the music like Wave Goodbye is 
almost exclusively direct into the computer. Yeah. So it's it doesn't take a whole lot of work. Uh, and then I can just record it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I did a lot of recording for this EP. I did a lot of the recordings for the instrumentals over the summer. So yeah. just in my room, pretty much. Okay, nice. And then I finished up the instrumentals like either in my dorm or at one of the practice spaces mm-hmm. at Providence College. And then I did all the vocals at Providence College too. So that's just kind of it was. It's a very por- I have a very portable setup. I just have like an interface, a mic, and uh, oh, a computer, a Surface laptop. You can't even call it a poor setup because that's that's where the quality comes from. <laughs> honestly, you know, you go to these places. They have these massive studios with all these different interfaces and different studio monitors and things like that. At the end of the day, you need a good mic, good headphones to hear what you're doing, right. and a good understanding of the music theory and the direction that your music is yeah. going. Yeah. And, you know, these artists these days, some of them are making music on the road in a little, <laughs> in a tour van, yeah. making these hits that are making them, you know, thousands of dollars. So I think um, the size of the studio isn't really, you know, anything you have to worry about. It's just the quality of the, of the, that's what I'm looking for, the equipment that you're working with. Right. And uh, it sounded good, so I think you definitely have, you know, good equipment that you're working with. And it's good to practice, you know, the mixing and mastering aspect, just because it sounds like you're kind of in the same same area that I was when I started making music. I think I started, you know, at the end of my senior year in high school, and I knew I wanted to hear a certain type of music, but I couldn't really find anything out there that, uh, that kind of fit that, so I figured, why not just try to make it myself? So you go through that stage where everything just sounds awful, but then you go to a stage where you're like, okay, this isn't good, but it's also not bad, and it's kind of cool, and eventually you just really build off of that and uh, do some really creative things. So I think, I mean, uh, you, now the, the other song you did, you said it was 2018 that you recorded that one, and that one sounded really good. So, I mean, you know, t- some of these songs are timeless, is what I'm trying to get at, basically. Wow. Um, but, um... I don't want to get sidetracked too much. I took a couple notes of things I wanted to ask you. Okay. Uh, okay. So, who are your major influences in this area in terms of, you know, music? Like, is there anybody that you heard, you know, perform or showed you a song that kind of motivated you to try it yourself and kind of work with that? Or Wait, is, we, sorry. Uh, no, no, that's it. Just like, is there someone who motivated you to kind of be where you're at today? Like, specifically to the, the, the state of Rhode Island or just in general? Not necessarily Rhode Island, but I guess, I guess on a local level, I guess like somebody personally that made music that you knew or anything like that, or is this kind of just like something that you, you've seen other people do on TV, on YouTube, and really manifested the interest to do it? I would say it's definitely more of like something that I heard or saw rather than a local influence, at least mm-hmm. in this case. Uh, there was uh, this this artist I found in my freshman year of high school named High Sun. It was like it was a one man band. Like mm-hmm. I was a year older than me, so I was like, oh wow, another teenage musician. Like I hadn't I hadn't seen anything like that. So I started listening to his stuff, and it was like, it, it's it's got a similar vibe to Wave Goodbye. Mm-hmm. It's 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 less like loop based and more just like you know individual tracks. Like yep. when he performed, he ended up performing live. He has like a full band, which at some point I'll probably do too. But yeah, he he's always had a full band, but. Uh, it's, it's very dreamy stuff, and just the fact that he did it all on his own was pretty crazy, because I was doing something similar at that yeah. point, and so that was kind of, that was pretty cool to know that other people were doing that, and then I'd say the person who I've aped the most with this project is uh, this guy called Current Joys, who's, oh, okay, nice. uh, his real name's Nick and he's either based out of Las Vegas or uh, New York, one yeah. of, it's kind of different, yeah. wherever he is, but he, he does loop stuff, uh, right. similar to what I do, um, 
he started earlier than me. So he, uh, like, I heard his stuff one time in, like, sophomore year of high school, and it blew me away. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's so simple, but it hits a nerve. And the lyrics are really impactful. Right. So I was like, wow, this is really great. And then I found other artists like that. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, going into senior year, like, the summer going into senior year was when I was, like, it kind of just hit a boiling point where yep. I was like, because I, you know, I had the drum machine, and I was like, I, I need to make something, like, because I had my band Friday Life, but I felt like, you know, I, I felt like the songs would be put together a certain way, yeah. and that kind of distilled the emotion that I was going for, and so I was like, I need a way to just have something simple and to the heart, yep. and so that's why I started making Wave Goodbye music, and it wasn't, it was pretty poorly mixed at first, I didn't really care about the mixing all that much, I didn't even know what a compressor was at the time. Yeah, so like, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a long journey to, to learn where, <laughs> how things are supposed to sound. Yeah, exactly, and it's just, uh, it's, what I really like about those early recordings though is that they, they definitely have a lot of feeling to them, yeah. which is what I was going for, and now, I, now that I know more about the process, I've tried to at least make it sound a bit more presentable. Yeah, so. it's, I, I guess, I, I see where you're going with it, like when you first start making it, it's, it's like raw emotion onto onto the mic through the computer and, and you kind of work with it but as you get good at it you kind of you, you already have the idea of what you want to do it's like the song's already completed before you even started once you get to a point where you understand what you're doing so yeah definitely uh see where you're going with that but on that note is there like a certain point in your in your musical career that you realize like okay i'm good at this i want to keep doing this i want to try to make it something bigger is there a certain song or performance or something that kind of told you like this is something that you have a talent for. Hmm. Um. I just think it's it. I've always just wanted to do this. I like ever since. It's funny. The catalyst for getting me into music was actually I saw Coldplay's 2011 Glastonbury performance on yeah. TV, and just after that, it was like something that like flipped a switch in my head, and yeah. I was I just started writing lyrics at that point, and it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I kept at it long enough where I was like, I should get a guitar to help complete my thoughts. Yeah. So it's not just me singing. I just I didn't know anyone, yeah. so I was like, I'll have a guitar, and I at least I can do something on my own. So I got an acoustic guitar, and then I got an electric guitar, the Telecaster actually. Yeah. And um, I always wanted to have a band, so eventually I did that. Uh, it took a bit, but I got there. But I just yeah. think. It's weird, I've kind of just stumbled into doing things. Like, it's just something that I find my way into. Like, a lot of people have like a really vast knowledge of things, and I've just kind of found my way into several situations. But <laughs> I'd say the first time I played a show with a full band was Friday Life's first concert, which was at like this local show with a bunch yeah. of other bands. We only played like three songs, uh, but it was so much fun, and then I got a, I got a show at like a local club in Mass called the C-Note, and that was like our first big show with like an hour-long mm -hmm. set, and that was just crazy. And there wasn't even that many people in the audience, but the people who were really liked it, and it just, you know, I just, I guess I've never really focused much on the support. As long as I have a few people there, honestly, I'm having yeah. a good time. But then the crowd started to grow a little bit, and that's mm -hmm. when I was like, all right, I want to keep building off this momentum and go as far as I can. Yeah, no, definitely. Um yeah, it's it's interesting like when you first start off because I, the way I feel, if if it's something that you're not interested in, if you're not getting the support that you're looking for right from the beginning, then it's just not something you love. Because I've tried a lot of things too. I guess you sound like you're like a jack of all trades as well, kind of. You just you have interest to try things out, see what sticks. And um, yeah, no, I'm kind of like that too. And and it's interesting because you get to a point where you're doing something, you may not get the viewers you want, you may not get the listeners right away, 
but you're doing that same thing for those same 5, 10, 15, 20 people, you know, for four or five years. And at some point, and you may not even realize that you're, you're getting better at what you're doing for that audience and you pull in more people in the process. So it's, it's definitely a long journey. And I think you're aware of that at this point, but, um, you definitely have a right idea working with your own equipment, being able to just kind of do your thing. But, um, it's all consistency. You just got to practice, keep doing it, keep putting things out, throw things against the wall and, and definitely step outside the box a little bit too. Just, um, in your spare time when you're making music, just try different things, use different effects you've never used, you know, play music in different scales. And it, it's amazing. It's amazing how something that could be the greatest thing that you've ever made can come from a random decision on the spur of the moment. Like I've seen it with several different artists in the studio because I, I've recorded for people as well. And you know, they do something and they're like, how does that sound? And it's like, yeah, no, it sounds good. Um, how about we try to reverse this pattern and then try it. Then they do it and it just completely blew their mind. Like they never thought that they, that the sound that came from a simple change like reversing a pattern would make almost a whole new song right. and uh, give it a new give it a new life. So definitely try different things, get out of the comfort zone a little bit. But um, what you're working with sounds really nice, and, and like you said, you're you're appealing to the right audience. I think, I, I think you could you could get on the stage in front of you know any generation you want at this point because you've somewhat found a sound that it's upbeat enough to keep you know a younger crowd interested and get them happy in a good mood. And like you said, it sounds like some of that classical rock as well which everybody loves and that, that kind of stuff is timeless you know things like bohemian rhapsody um killer queen all these old songs surfing surfing usa these are songs that you know obviously were made years ago but i feel like you can play them at any point and everybody's got like a head bob or a flip tap going on so you're definitely on the right track with that and um speaking of that is there any other like styles that you've tried before that you just didn't think were for you or i know you said your other band is a little bit different so How's that like, like the creative process along the way going? Uh, I'd say, like styles that I've tried that haven't really worked out. Um, like my first ever project that I was just doing on my own was kind of like very alt rocky, like like Weezer type stuff, mm -hmm. and that was cool. But I kind of lost interest in it, and I kind of tried to do like I ended up getting quarantined for a brief period because uh, mm -hmm. a friend of mine tested positive, so I got contact tracing yeah. sent to. The, the hotel where they're putting all the, the contact trees right. together, Providence. Right, right, right. So I ended up there for like 10 days. And I was trying to kind of, I was listening to a lot of alt rock at the time, so I tried to mm -hmm. make some, it, I don't know, maybe it just wasn't the right vibe or something. I just, yeah. it wasn't coming through the way I wanted. So I got like one cool riff out of it I might develop, but right. that's that's it. And I probably won't repeat it. Yeah. But uh, I have, a, I, I mean, I have a lot of genres that I like and I have a lot of, music that I want to make at some point yeah so I'm not sure I mean I've I've been parts of, part of bands that, like I've been the leader of them but I've played in them yeah where it, it's been things that I normally probably wouldn't have made uh, I was in a band in high school called Left Fringe that mm -hmm. was like kind of like a classic rock like hard rock like pop rock yeah. type of band they did, a, they did a lot of covers of various yeah. songs for ranging from like the Beatles to the Foo Fighters uh, so that was like it's fun to play but I don't know if that's music that I could have written. I see. So, though, like, the bands that I lead, though, are normally just genres that I like, so. Right. No, that's that's that normally how it works out in that way, but I'm always open to trying new things, and if it doesn't work out, then I normally just, I probably wouldn't pursue it. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So, like, how much time do you think you spend, on average, practicing and just kind of laying back and, and testing out some different riffs and things like that? 
Uh, well, when it comes to stuff that my guitar teacher has asked me to practice, not enough, but um, <laughs> when it comes to my own stuff a lot, uh, I always, I'll have a, a riff idea and yeah. I'll just, like I have so many different songs written for so many different possible projects and at yeah. some point I'm going to have to make them or it's just going to go to waste. Mm -hmm. So I have to figure out what to do about that, but I, I normally, and this is probably my detriment, but I don't practice a lot of my old stuff as much as I kind of work on new things yeah. and I kind of hone those before I go to record them. Mm -hmm. But I should practice, sometimes I do practice the old stuff, like don't yeah. get me wrong, I, I do sometimes, but I should probably do it more. But I'm just, I'm a very, I'm very focused on the creative aspect, which is probably, it's not a bad thing, but I think you have to obviously hone your style to better convey your ideas otherwise. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not going to come across the way you want it. It's not going to come across to other people how you think it is. Mm -hmm. So, it's something I should probably do more of. But I, I'm always writing. I'm always creating. So, yeah. that's where I spend most of my time. Nice. I mean, well, it sounds like you have, like, a, an idea of music theory. And, and you kind of seem to understand how scales work, how to build melodies and things like that. Which um, is easy to see when you're working the way you're working with the loops and stuff like that. Because you slowly introduce in more sounds one by one and they all kind of seem to, to layer right over each other effortlessly so is music theory is that now is that something that you just understand or is it something that you just kind of have a knack for because i actually i don't really understand music theory i can use my ears to kind of understand if something sounds right if it's harmonically correct but i actually can't read music for for nothing i can't, <laughs> i don't understand any of the notes or anything even when i was a kid and i picked up a piano for the first time I, I was able to build chords and everything, but it was all by ear. I could never read and, and do something that was in front of me. So do you like understand music theory or is it more of like a body kind of kind of thing for you? It really kind of started out as just like kind of just feeling what felt good. Yeah. Uh, but ever since I got to Providence College, I've been taking a bunch of theory classes, so I get it more. But I didn't know how to read music either until uh, I'm still working on it, actually. Because uh, mm -hmm. I, I either just learn by ear or I use tablature and um, my teacher's like no tab is bad so <laughs> I've been learning how to read actual sheet music and it's been a while but I, I can read notes now it's just yeah. um, I need to continue improving on that and just theory I've actually I've like it's it's stuff that makes sense once you get down to it honestly like once yeah. you, I mean I feel like true musicians or people with like a passion for music like understand what sounds good yeah. the good thing about theory in my opinion is now you know what exactly it is so you can yeah, explain not the question it exactly yeah. and if you're breaking the rules then at least you know the rules that you're breaking and yeah it's 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 then you can kind of decide how to re-enter yeah the rules or continue breaking them um which is cool uh cause that way it's not just like oh i just put these chords right. together and then you know they, they sound kind of weird it's like you know that's that's all well and good i just yeah. i feel like it's good too to just it helps you I don't know, trailblaze, which is weird because when I went into theory, I was really worried that it was going to stymie my creative process because uh, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, now I'm going to have so many, like, like one, four, or five stuck in my head. Yeah. I'm not going to want to do anything else, but that's not yeah. true because that like, gets boring. And so right. it's like, but I think it's, it's cool. I, I, I've learned a lot of the harmonies in class and that's yep. helped immensely because I was actually pretty bad at writing harmonies and then now <laughs> I kind of have a better idea of what I'm doing. So that's that's a benefit so it's that it's it's like it's good it's like i feel like i don't know someone asked me one time like oh do you think it's like worth it to do a music major and i think it, obviously if you're trying to go all out music like you don't need a degree in that obviously yeah. 
but I think it does it really does push you to learn of a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't have on your own so that's yeah. that's where I stand on that um, but I do think I think there is something built into a lot of people where they just know what's, yeah. what's going on you know yeah like it's, it's definitely not like mandatory to understand music theory to make a good song there's plenty of songs that you probably made when you were younger or whatever that you know sound good and you may not have known why it sounded good before it was just something you did and now that you understand the theory you're like oh well i was i was in c minor scale the whole time that's why it sounds right so i think for for learning the theory part of it it'll help kind of speed up your process a little bit for sure just because it's less of that trial and error, you know, to see how this sounds, see how that sounds, you already know, you can kind of put up a wall and you know, okay, I have to use these notes because this is what's gonna sound good in the scale overall. So I think it kind of helps the, the workflow a little bit, but um, definitely not something that's mandatory, but it'll help kind of speed things up and, and let you know if what you're doing is even harmonically correct. And, uh, and it's interesting because even when you listen by ear, some things sound right to you, but then other people listen to it and say, oh, it's kind of, it's, it's out of tune a little bit, it's this, it's that. And that's kind of where the theory comes in, because then you can sit there and say, oh, okay, well, yeah, now I see that note doesn't really belong there. It may sound okay, but it doesn't necessarily belong there, and that's kind of where the music theory comes from. Right. But at the same time, to your, to your credit for mentioning stifling creativity, maybe the song's not meant to be perfectly in tune. Yeah. You know, there, there are songs like that, too, that are purposely, especially today, what I've noticed in hip-hop, is artists are purposely being offbeat now and some yeah. people don't like it but some people are like but it's kind of nice i like it or they're or they're working with a different beat pattern on a different beat like it's it's interesting you can really get creative with it so on that on that note it can stifle creativity if if it's something you want to do but it's not necessarily harmonically correct but um it's it's good to know though it's definitely something good to understand so that way you can see a problem before you hear the problem essentially so I definitely feel that. Um, as for uh, as for like EPs and things like that, what, what's next for you? What do you think you're you're gonna be working on after you wrap things up with with what you're currently doing? So what I'm definitely gonna try to do this year is um, it's part of what I love about Wave Goodbye is that I'm able to be prolific with it because it's all me. Mm -hmm. So what I'm gonna try to do is. I'm trying to do a split EP with some friends of mine. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spoil that yet because yep. it's kind of a secret, but <laughs> that'll probably come out in either June or July because okay. I know they're very busy. So I already have the songs mostly written, but I'll, you know, we'll wait until they're ready because I want to try to get it released on a label as well. And um, then I'm trying to work on what's either going to be another EP or maybe my first album, depending on how much material I, mm -hmm. I collect because I have a good amount of songs already. Um, That'll probably come out in like November, December, maybe. Mm -hmm. Again, just depends on the label's schedule if I can get one. So that's yeah. kind of my goal from here on out. Is to, like, I got, I got this one on a label, and I want to get everything yep. subsequently on a label. And what I'm also thinking of doing is taking this one EP that I released, because this guy, I met this guy on Instagram. And he runs a label also in Massachusetts, so I was like, I should find something. See, he said I could submit stuff to him. Yep. And what I'm thinking of doing, just to like help. Uh, help pay off some of the Spotify debt that I've accrued from uh, putting my stuff on Spotify, <laughs> is uh, I was thinking of taking one of my older EPs, like remixing it, sending it to this guy, and doing kind of like a re-release oh, in a way. Okay, yeah. Which, that's like, that's last on my list of priorities, but I think it'd be cool, because I think there are some ideas on some of these EPs that I'm like, oh, that is beautiful, but it just doesn't come across the way I want mm -hmm. it to, because maybe the vocals are too loud, 
or, or something, and then it just it hurts the overall experience. Uh, whereas in these these songs, in these cases, um, they're some of my favorite songs that I've written for the project. But I just think like the way that they ended up being mixed, I'm just like that. Just it's a regret, and right. I want to fix it because I have the ability to. You know? Yeah. So I, I feel like I should I'll just try. Maybe not this year, maybe next year, but right. Uh, that'll probably happen in May because that'll come out like the like the year anniversary. Yeah. Of the EP. So. Okay. No, that sounds good. Now, like for so you mentioned you use was it Instagram ads or Facebook ads? Uh, Instagram ads. Instagram yeah. ads. Okay. So is, is that your primary way of like marketing, or do you do a lot of like local marketing, or do you run ads on other platforms as well? Like, what's your your key way to get some viewership coming in? So normally, I mean, for a while, I just would post something on Instagram, like yeah. like on the story or something like that. Mm-hmm. Depending, like I have a bunch of different band accounts, so I use all of those and like, hey. This is out, uh, and you know I have like the Spotify, or the, not Spotify, SoundCloud link, which I've kind of taken an emphasis off of SoundCloud a little bit recently because mm-hmm. SoundCloud is great, but at the same time I'm not really benefiting from it at all. Right. I mean, it's like a portfolio, but it won't yeah. really get you to the next level. No. So I'm focusing more on trying to get people to go to my Bandcamp because that way they can buy the music, I make money, yeah. and it's like that helps me, you know, pay off some of the costs of making music, whether for Wait Me Buy or for my other projects. Yeah. So the Instagram ads I started using last year to promote one of my singles, and it was really, it, it did a lot. So I was like, all right, so I guess I'll just do this. I'll just do like a six-day, $30 ad push. Yeah, there you go. You and build a budget and then run Exactly, away. yeah. And so that's that. The Having label help definitely, definitely helps because mm-hmm. now there's two avenues. Yep. Like uh, the, the, the cassettes on the label page have almost sold out entirely, so that's very exciting to see and so I use like message board sites I just go to like the SoundCloud or Bandcamp threads just put my stuff you know recommend some other ones because yep. I guess it's etiquette but um, that's kind of how I've done that but that, is, that that helps occasionally like maybe maybe once in a while you'll get like a big push because someone will repost your song and then oh, you'll yeah. get a ton of views but that's kind of just for extra, extra yeah. views here or there it's not really anything big um, I'd say there was a big push for this EP because I reached out to a bunch of different publications. You know, actually, I got an interview with Motif Mag a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Nice. I got a, I got a, someone in England wrote about the uh, EP. I got someone else in like New York wrote about it. Mm-hmm. So that all helped a lot. Um, and I'm trying to get some more people to write about it. And then once once shows come back, that'll help a lot too. Oh, yeah. Because. You know, I'll be able to perform. I'll be selling merch. Yeah, you know, I'll be able to put your put your links right on the shirt, toss them in the crowd. Exactly. That's definitely really. We, me and my friends, did a performance PVD Fest. I think it canceled last year, I believe. So maybe the year before that, 2019 or so. Nice. Yeah, we got to go out there and do our thing, and that that was our our marketing way. We put all our information right on the shirts nice. and tossed them out to the crowd, and, and it worked out. We got a little bit of a response from it. So definitely, um, the power of merch is huge. Absolutely. Um, I had another question for PBD you. Fest is cool. I definitely want to play that at some point when it comes back. Oh, yeah, I really yeah. didn't find out about it until like recently. Yeah. But, uh, well, I found out about it last year because I was my freshman year, but then COVID happened, so. Yeah, well, I think they're connected with Motif in one way or another, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that's something. If that's what you want to do, I'm sure that's something we can make happen. Yeah, but, cool. um, now, now, as an artist, it, it's interesting because, like I said, I, I sit with a lot of artists, and, and we all love to talk about you know, the amount of content we put out, the amount of work we do. But what a lot of artists don't like to talk about is the burnout side of things. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself kind of 
maybe uh, maybe not overworking, but kind of reaching that point where you're trying to juggle. I know you said you're in school still. So juggling school with making the music, maybe you have a part-time job on the side or something like that, family, relationships, all that stuff. Do you find it tough at any point to fit the music in there? Or does it always seem to kind of go with you through this journey of life? I think right now, it's the, the fact that I'm in all these bands, mm -hmm. it works out just because there aren't any shows, so it's right. not, it's kind of easier to juggle everything, but I think I'm definitely gonna have to make some sacrifices when things start kicking back in. Yep. Um, and I'd say there are times where I've been burnt out. In the beginning of the, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, you know, school was fully remote, you know, and so I was like, all right, I was at home all the time with all my instruments. So yeah. Like, Let's make some stuff. Think. <laughs> so, you know, I started working on some more Wave Goodbye stuff. I started working on some demos for Friday Life. I started my beat project. I was trying to help my brother do like a synthwave thing. Um, I think I was doing one other thing as well. And yeah, by a couple weeks in, I just didn't want to do music anymore. I was like, wow, I just don't feel any drive to do this at all. Yeah. That scared me because I'm like, what if I don't want to make music anymore? And I was like, no, nah, just give, give yourself a few days. And so sure enough, like a couple of weeks go by and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm feeling yeah. it again. So, but I, I knew it's more to stagger my work. So yeah. like the Beats project for me is just, it's just for fun. It's actually kind of cool now because I've actually been collaborating with some local musicians, like uh, some rappers and stuff like that. Yeah. Some guys offered to pay me to remix one of his songs. Oh, nice. So that's cool. So kind of a weird avenue in that way I never saw coming, but mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's just kind of when I'm bored, you know. If I'm just sitting there, like, I'll have just finished classes, and I'll yeah. have some downtime. I'll just pull out my MIDI, and I'll make uh, I'll make some beats using that. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely burnout points. There's, there'll be times where I'll just be sitting there thinking, like, am I making the right choice? Like, because I'm really pushing this hard. Like, should I be? Should yeah. I just be happy with it being a hobby? And, I mean, then I, I kind of kind of uh, reignite my resolve because I'm like, you know, yep. I want to do this. And so I feel like the burnout, it comes and goes, uh, but yep. I'd say, I'd say the fact that I'm dabbling in so many different types, like if yeah. I get bored with one project, yeah. I can move on to another one, which yeah. is, is helpful because otherwise I don't know what I do. Um, the fact, like Friday Life has been around for almost four years. Which is kind of surprising to me, honestly, because there have been so many points mm -hmm. where I've been like, man, I'm so sick of Friday Life, I want to get rid of it. It's just not doing it for me anymore. And yeah. it's like, like even in December, actually, uh, I, I, I was just, I felt like nobody in the band was really having a good time. So after we played like a live stream, and I pulled them aside, I'm like, look, I think we should just not do this for a bit. And then I went back on my word, because then we went into the studio and recorded the song. <laughs> but it's like... I guess it really just depends it's, no, it's on how it's a very real, very real experience, and probably especially for you because, like, like we said, you're a, you're a one man band. You you kind of I know you're you're in other physical bands, but for your own for your own career, you're a one man band, and you're doing everything on your own. You're now you're practicing the mixing and the mastering, so it's it's very easy to kind of overwhelm yourself and uh, get to a point where things get really difficult to juggle. So, I mean, it's. Like, you're not just, like, the guitar guy waiting for someone to give you some music to play that you can perform once in a while. You're, you're putting out EPs, you're recording, you're, you're writing, you're doing everything on your own, so that can definitely be tough. So, um, definitely make the time for it. I, I wouldn't force it, but, um, and you don't want to take too much time away from it either at the same time. It, it's, a, it's a really tough middle ground to meet. Mm -hmm. But um, it sounds like you're in a pretty good position right now. Do you have? Do you feel like you have an ample amount of time to work on music, 
or do you are you feeling like like what are you thinking in terms of time i think it's going well for now i think once gigs come in that's gonna really i'm gonna have to see how how things look with that because that's obviously going to be a big time yeah and sometimes as well it's just i'm gonna have to figure out where my priorities lie with like what projects yep so nice well no i, I mean that was great like i said before too the the live show sounded great definitely keep up that same momentum i like that you're doing everything on your own it, it's good to work with other people but it's also good to kind of be able to rely on yourself when you know you need to get things done so um that's awesome um you said so you said you were keeping your your future plans on the hush for now until you kind of put things together so we can definitely yeah yeah okay so that's that's something for everybody to look out for um as for like social media where can everybody find you so uh the wave goodbye account is at wave goodbye music no spaces or Mm -hmm. dots or anything like that just wave goodbye music Um, that's for instagram that's for instagram yeah there's a this is a Facebook page, Wave Goodbye Band, but I don't really use that, so I wouldn't go yeah. there if I were you. Um, then you can find me on Spotify, Wave Goodbye Music again. Uh, Bandcamp is just wavegoodbye.bandcamp.com. I think I mentioned yeah. that earlier. And then I'm on all streaming platforms. You might have to scroll down a little bit, but you'll find yeah. it. If you search up Wave Goodbye Summer, too, that obviously helps narrow it down a little yeah. bit. So that's where you can find me. And again, if you want tapes or any sort of merch, because I have extra stickers as well, um, wavegoodbye.bandcamp.com is the place to go or barrentapes.bandcamp.com yeah. is also the place to go so uh, definitely check those out if you'd like because I think tapes are really cool personally so very good very good well listen Jack it was a pleasure to sit here and talk to you and hear what you had to do definitely appreciate you doing your thing and, and sharing all that with me again my name is Hakeem or Keem in the Cut and uh, I think we're all set here man so pleasure gonna have you yeah pleasure to be here thank you very much for time man. We just want to thank our sponsors, R1, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Bolt Coffee, Dash Bicycle, and Trinity Beer Garden. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring us. And again, thank you to the parlor. Big, big shout out. We appreciate everything you guys do, and we hope to see you guys next week.